0: i'm lake miller and i'm hannah brown welcome to gem city diversity a podcast where we talk about diversity and inclusion in the dayton area we're from the national conference for community and justice of greater dayton or nccj nccj works in the miami valley to increase understanding around the topics of diversity equity and inclusion in this episode lake talks with amaha selassie they discuss Gem City Market, Starting a Co-op, the terms Food Desert versus Food Apartheid, and Building Community. Enjoy. I want to start today by saying, first of all, thank you for being here and taking some time to come out um, and talk with us. I always enjoy the conversations I get to have with you. Um, and I want to ask kind of the, maybe the dreaded question of just, would you mind
1: taking a moment just to to tell us a little bit about yourself? Mm, sure. Sure. Uh, yep, my name is Maha Selassie. Uh, I teach uh, sociology at Sinclair Community College. And uh, I'm just real passionate uh, about community and like what we can be together. And. Um, how we can uh, utilize our gifts and talents uh, for the benefit of the whole. Cause I just believe that we, we are more already than we realize, and it's like, like how we just pull it together more. So it's kind of like my passion and focus.
0: That's awesome. And so you said you're the president of, of Gym City Market or Gym City Co-op?
1: Right? Uh, Gym City Market, yeah. It, it's a co-op, but it, uh, we call it Gym City Market. Um, so yeah, I'm the president and one of the like, founding members. Awesome
0: and so for people who are not familiar with gym city market are you able to provide a little bit of background of kind of what the market is and i know the conversations of the market started what six years or more ago yeah, about so
1: five or six years ago yeah
0: awesome do you mind kind of talking about what it is and maybe where those conversations came from sure
1: sure so um, the gym city market is um, 15,000 square foot grocery store, uh, 8,000 of it, which is, which is dedicated towards retail. Um, we provide uh, food to meet uh, various needs in the community. We have like a tiered structure as far as like pricing. Um, and then we also have a community room, a teaching kitchen and a health clinic, cause we wanted to be a space where the community can come get their food Gather, organize—you know—really just be like a third space. So you know, you got your home and your work, but where do you go in the community to have community? And so we look at the gym, market as being that place, like a watering hole, to help pull the community together. Because you know, uh, we we also understand that like part of health is 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 having deeper connections amongst one another in the in the community. And it, it came about uh, due to the. Uh, systemic underdevelopment of the the west side you know and I, I would say intentional originally you know like um uh and so um these maps came out well you know Kroger's closed on Gettysburg and so it created this huge hole in in our community and so you know a lot of community members had to take you know two buses to get to Kroger's on Siebenthaler and two buses back so you're looking at about three hour time, or you go to a dollar store or corner store to get your food. So you're getting things that have high fructose corn syrup, processed food, you know, lack of fresh fruits and vegetables. Um, And so that combined with uh, a study of the maps that came out that showed that like, that uh, when you're looking at opportunity, that uh, the west side of Dayton had low and very low opportunity compared to the east side on, looking at housing, jobs, access to food, parks, things like that. Um, that, you know, community came together and, and wanted to see what, what, what we could do about it. And uh, the, the need for a grocery store had some momentum. And so we continue to uh, walk that out.
0: And I think it's so important you talk about like, you know, this was intentionally done. And I think for a lot of people, you know, a lot of people have gone through, like, the Undesign the Redline exhibit, for example, and, like, and I think for so often, some folks, I think, were aware of the fact that redlining happened, but I know one thing people would say to me is, like, well, redlining's illegal now, right, and so things have changed, people can get loans now, but it's so apparent when you look at the community that, like, perhaps something is illegal, but there's lasting implications, and there's also things that are still happening that, Maybe maybe shouldn't be practices that are
1: happening, right? Yeah, hundred percent. You know, like uh, it's intentional in the far as that, like like that. These maps are created to decide how to develop the region, right? And so those areas that we want to pull our resources in, which I call like a white habitus, like like like, like we pull our resources in these certain areas. Then there's other areas where we uh, where we disinvested, right? Which 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 ended up with the underdevelopment, right? And um, to me, like, one of the striking things is that, like, like W.E.B. uh the first African-American uh, PhD, actually, in sociology, he said that the problem of the 21st century is going to be the problem of the color line, right? Uh, and now we can see that that color line translates as an opportunity line, like, like the, the line of access, right? And so you had, you know, redlining is supposedly illegal now, right, with the Fair Housing Act, what, I think, 1964, but you had about... 30-some years of intentional underdevelopment, right? With no 30 years of intentional redevelopment or, or putting resources in the community, you know? So it's kind of like left this way and then, oh yeah, everything's good now, we're gonna move on, right? And so uh, that just left a, a, a gaping hole, right? And so that's why, you know, oftentimes people talk about food deserts, right? Uh, but we we shift from that language because food deserts imply it's a natural phenomenon, and now you have things like book deserts and healthcare deserts and all these things. They add desert to it. Like anything that's bad, they add desert, and they they feel like they're woke, right? And um, but uh, we use apartheid, right? So we say food apartheid because we want to acknowledge that it was human mechanisms that made it happen, right? So on one level, it's to show that it's a structural mechanism because structures are ideas that we put our resources to to make it happen. Um, but also by showing that it's human and man-made, then it, it puts us in a position of power because now, now we can reimagine it, right? Uh, that's why like language they say is the key to social transformation, right? Like you shift the language, you shift the narrative, right? And it put, positions us in a way that we can start building from there, right? And so, um, so when we say food apartheid, uh, it allows us to know that that, 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 uh, that we can unimagine Reimagine, which leads us to this thing of collective hope right because hope is connected to our our agency our power right like if i feel like i can't do anything then i get hopelessness right you know and so uh when we when we realize that oh this was man-made we can reimagine it then that gives us hope and then that gives us power right to build what is the vision of the community that we want to live in work in play in right and how we leverage our shared resources towards Making that happen. And I think the Gym City market is just like the tiny pebble, right? In this larger narrative, right? Like how we're reimagining uh, our community.
0: And, and that's like, you know, one of the issues that we run into most often when we're dealing with people at NCCJ is it's easy when something doesn't affect you mm. to first of all not realize it's even happening. But then even once we realize it's happening, to care, right? Mm. To like to care enough to do something that. For whatever reason, part of so many people's human nature is like, I've never had to go on that three hour bus journey to go to the grocery store. Now that I know it's a problem, I don't really know what to do about it. It's not really affecting me. So I'm going to keep going on, on my journey. Right. And to me, that feels like the biggest obstacle to overcome because I agree, you know, we've we've got this market that's fantastic. That's a step. But we know still that people in the west side have less access to mental health care or special, you know, specialized health care. Um, we know that there's less a- less access to opportunities, to outdoor, you know, experiences, to all of these types of things. Right. And so I guess that's where I struggle is, like, how do we get these folks who, even the people who understand that there is a problem, to say, I am now empowered to do something about right, that right, problem.
1: Right, right. Yeah, yeah, and, I, and I, I think even the market doesn't, like, for all of West Side, it doesn't like eliminate food apartheid, right? You know what I mean? It's just like a, a small piece in it. Um, to me, I think like uh, you said something earlier about, about being human, right? And so to me, I, I really think it's reimagining what it means to be human because uh, we share a common humanity, right? And, and once we understand that, then we realize what affects one affects us all, right? Because we're interdependent by nature. And so Um, once we realize our interdependence then like like King says uh, you know the single garment of destiny that what uh, that you know that we can't be who we can fully be until we're doing it together right and so it's really shifting how we see each other I I think Uh, and so you know I might not live in an area where some of these things are happening this that and other right but like how is that impacting me how is that impacting the region right so like you know like take school for example you know like like the underdevelopment of Dayton public schools, right, actually hinders the region because people don't wanna move into an area that has a, a school that is not, you know, performing at a high functionality, right? And so it's like, all these things play a role. So like, like you know, it's like that butterfly effect, right? And so like, it might not be a direct impact, <clears throat> but it's still an indirect impact, right? And so um, I, I think it's like understanding, it, it's learning. It's like, how do my actions, Uh, unintentionally sustain the system that I'm actually opposed to right because oftentimes we're blind to to how our actions contribute you know like like I make a joke and I'm ashamed of the joke on some levels right because like like today we're in December 60 some degrees you know what I mean like my selfish side I I don't like cold weather so I'm like oh this is this is this is the type of winter I like right but I also know right that uh that that this type of weather happening in july i mean in december means that like my daughter and my daughter's children and children's children are going to have an impact you know what i mean and so like uh so it's like what can i do to to make a difference what can i do to like like really understand like like how do i contribute to the problems that i actually want to solve you know what i mean cuz like there's a, there's that invisibility you know, um, and so I think that can help us uh, move forward and asking questions and, and understanding people that, that, like like centering the voice of those that have been most impacted into the center of the conversation, into the center of public policy. Because oftentimes people like that don't have an experience, they want to armchair quarterback what needs to be done out of even good intentions, right? But no, let, 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 let the people that understand the issue the most are those that have experienced it, right? So let's center their voice and let's let's, acknowledge their knowledge as actual knowledge and not just like some hearsay stuff like no this is a lived experience right like like we won't know the brunt of a system until you talk to the people that are experiencing the brunt of that system that we can then unpack how it actually works in practice and not just like you know uh how it's written on paper you know I love that and I and
0: I want to go back like you know you talked about these very purposeful intentional changes that people need to make to our own mindsets and I think with so much of our work around diversity, equity, and inclusion, it's unlearning those habits that we've, that we've had before, unlearning those mentalities, and shifting towards that purposeful mentality of bringing the people to the table who need mm-hmm. to be at the table, or saying, you know, okay, I can see how this affects me, or maybe even saying, I don't see how this affects me, but I see that it's affecting somebody, and mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. my human condition should be caring. You know, we had a conversation that has really stood out to me about a year and a half ago with A gentleman who was in his seven in his 70s and and he said to us like like I don't understand why we're still having these conversations today because we had these same conversations 60 years ago right he's like why are we still talking about these things why have they not changed and and I tend to think it's because for a lot of people when these conversations get tough when they really talk about okay now I need to change my own self the way I go about my life I need to think about those those Uh, jokes that are really microaggressions or these types of things like Mm -hmm. that's when people start to to back off or to shy away and say hey I've I've put my my you know month in and now I'm out hopefully someone continues it right but obviously that's not
1: the case yeah you know like for me it's, it's knowing that community is possible right and 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 being the quest to know like like what 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 community is and how we can be in it uh, together. If we're looking at it spiritually, if we're looking at it tangibly, you know, and how they they actually both agree, right? Um, and so um, I, I, I think it's a it's it's definitely a shift, right? And so to me, like I challenge the dominant narratives. And and the biggest one I think that we have to tackle as as a country is independence. Right. That like this notion that like like we are somehow independent from everything else. And like, you know, what happens to me? What happened to me? What happens to you? Happens to you. You know what I mean? Like if you like oftentimes. So like when we're looking at like uh, a systemic work, you got to start at the root. Right. And the root assumption is independence to the extent that we don't even think about it because we automatically just start building off of it. You know, it's an assumed known right but i think that's the social construct right because we're interdependent you know what i mean it's not even just humans like like everything is interdependent right like like there's no way to get around it einstein has proved it i mean like multiple ways it's been proved but we keep building our 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 house right on really shifting sand instead of the solid rock of just what actually is reality right and and building from there um and so like i i think that's like one of the key uh the key pieces because we keep going through these cycles, like you're saying, you know what I mean? And, and like, because oftentimes systems change and they, they come about a little bit differently, but some of the underlying assumptions remain the same, so we keep getting the same outcomes, right? So that's why I'm talking about like that deep work, and it sounds kind of heady, like, oh, what do you mean? Like, like you know what I mean? But it's like, But it really is like, the underlying thing that then builds all of our thoughts, right? And then like a structure again is ideology plus resources, right? And so when we're talking about structures or how we arrange things in society. There's an idea that, that is trying to be attained. Like for example, when we're talking about redlining, the underlying assumption was white supremacy, you know, that that one group of human beings was distinct from all other human beings, and so we're gonna pool our resources. So something that was unreal actually became real because of the resources that we put in it. We, 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 We concentrated advantage in some areas and concentrated disadvantage in other areas, right? And so it's like, that was an idea, you know what I mean? And so like, what is an idea that like, you know, how we acknowledge the dignity and worth of every human being and then build our structures to do that, right? And that's why I think I'm talking about like, like what we can be together. Because I think oftentimes we set a low bar and a low standard and we want to kind of like shift little things here and there. But no, let's build an alternative space. You know what I mean? Like 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 like, like what can we be when we really live out our aspirations. Like like between, I would say uh might sound Pollyanna, but I would say, you know, 85% of human beings, like, believe in peace and want, you know, these type of things, you know what I mean? So, like, if these are our collective aspirations, right, then, like, what do we need to do to remove the barriers that we can step deeper into that, you know what I mean? And building deeper connections amongst each other, right? Because oftentimes, you know, like, we like to say, movements move at the speed of trust, right? And so, like, how do we build the deep rele- relationships? Like, they, they say critical connection more than critical mass, you know what I mean? Because like. You know, we need to be relational if we're interdependent, right? And so, if we're interdependent, then love comes in. If if we're interdependent, then grace comes in. Uh, if we're interdependent, then uh, uh, cooperation comes in. Like all these things come when we shift that 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 underlying thought. You know what I mean? Because they're all like, like the uh, the if then statements that that proceed from ignoring our interdependence and living into it. You know, and you know, I'm speaking more than I live, right? And so, like like my journey is like, how do I press deeper? What is the praxis of these things like how do i embody these principles to show what is possible kind of like the four minute mile you know like like the more that uh the more that uh i forget his name like everybody's trying to break the four minute mile and the same summer he did it two other people did it because now they saw what was possible so to me like the gym city market is also like a welcoming table right like how do we actually build community how do we have this shared vision of like uh, of our shared future right because the thing is like, I used to say um, uh, building a shared future from a divided past but it actually that's not true because we have a shared future regardless right like like that is part of what interdependence is right and so the question is are we going to co-create our shared future together you know like like intentionally you know what I mean or are we going to like just leave it to the whims and 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 see how the wind blows, et cetera, et cetera, right? Instead of taking the power to determine as a community our direction and our future. And, and I, I
0: love this kind of idea of people see that it's possible and, and now this is that stepping stone to go further. And, and, and I think for some people, they saw the Gym City Market get created. And for some, there was this idea that, look, we've achieved it, right? Like the food desert has been destroyed and now it's an oasis and we have all of this right now if you're really familiar with with, you know west dayton you know that clearly one market is not you know sufficient and so you know from your perspective how how is this market going to kind of serve as that stepping stone to say what other resources can we bring
1: yeah you know i think that's a, a great observation and question and like when i'm sitting here when you said that, it reminded me of when Obama got elected. You know what I mean? Everyone like, yes, we high five, we did that. And then like, I'm one of them. You know what I mean? Like, I went back <laughs> and, and sat down and said, okay, you people, do your thing. You know what I mean? Uh, but but it's not that way, right? Like like it, I, I think it's a a, it's a continuous process of co-creation and co-participation in the future that um, that we want, right? And so like now the market's open. Like how do we utilize the market? right like like how do we how do how does the market fit into the larger vision of who we want to become as a community and how do we know that by shopping at the market i'm actually like like participating in the process right of building this 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 new possibility of of what we can be uh together and what kind of resources we can have at the community you know um uh, like right now we have over 5000 members right so like how do we uh use that platform to then have conversations about like what 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 are some other things that people are experiencing in the community? If it's uh you know lack of uh uh clean affordable housing or uh, transportation issues or parks or you know um what, whatever the issues that are resonating with the people like, like how we use our platform uh, that we co-created together towards doing that and I think also uh, co-ops are interesting right because you know they're Co-ops are owned by the members, right? And so that's a shift from being a recipient to being an owner, right? And I would say a leader. Like, 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 we want a leaderful market. We want a leaderful community. You know what I mean? So a shift in the paradigm of like, like, how we define leadership. You know. And, but, and why? Can you talk about why was that done, right? I mean, I assume there was a
0: strategic decision to say we want this to be a co-op owned by the community rather than bringing in another Kroger-type mm, industry. Like, mm-hmm. what was that decision?
1: Yeah, I think uh, good question. I I think we went with co ops because we couldn't wait, you know what I mean? Like 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 we had hoped the box store would come in, you know, even like a save a lot or something, you know what I mean? But like uh, there was some conversations but but nobody entered the space, right? And so to me it's like being the thermostat or the thermometer, right? You know, the thermometer reads the temperature in the room, but a the thermostat dictates the temperature in the room and so like part of the community power is that like power as in the ability to change our lived environment they're like we can't wait for superman you know what i mean like, like 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 if we don't do it you know if us if not us then who and if not now then when right and so it's like uh so the co-op model was uh, really the only pathway we saw and and i, I think like you know redlining is an issue that affects all over the country and every every community that was redlined Uh, is, you know, it's three times less likely to have a grocery store and three times more likely to be like a food swamp, right? Where you have a whole bunch of abundance of things that that you don't want. So that's a common phenomenon in all red line areas. Right. And so right now, you know, we're trying to figure out what what ways that that the community can do to uh, realize its own power and actually like change its history, change its direction without having to wait, you know, and so. This seems like like a good strategy, and it's been used in the black community for years. because the black community has used co-ops as a means of liberation for a long time, right? when it comes to you know, anything from mutual health insurance and all these things. We've always had to do things together, you know? Um, and so yeah, it just it just made sense. And that that term that you just used "food swamp," I'm
0: assuming that some of our listeners will not have heard that before. Can you talk more about what you mean by a, a food swamp?
1: Yeah, sure. So a food desert is like a lack of access to uh, fresh fruits and vegetables within like a one-mile radius, and it's, it's tied to a poverty line too, right? Um, food swamp means that you have an overabundance, excuse me, of things that you don't want in the community, right? So you have a overabundance of, of uh, fast food, uh, you know, high fructose corn syrup processed. You just have like an overabundance of things that are actually, I want to say like, Negative for for the for the body, and the key thing, right, is that when we're talking about community and community structures, that to me, food is like the canary in the coal mine, right? Because you can't have food insecurity without having a whole bunch of other things happening at the same time, right? We're talk, talking about you know mass incarceration and all kinds of things. It's all it's all the interconnected web right? And so to me, it's, it's, a, it's a canary in a coal mine and it's the easiest way to activate the community because most people agree that kids deserve to be fed, right? And they deserve to have nutrition that they can go to school and, and perform at a high level instead of getting a super donut at, uh, at school in the morning, right? And so, uh, so it all comes together as a web, right? And, and to me, it's like the more we understand like how these things work, uh, the better we can act from wherever we are and our positionalities and our gifts and talents. And, uh, yeah.
0: Well, and one thing that's always really stood out to me looking at this situation is, you know, our, our food is really connected to our health at the end of the day. Um, and when we look at these communities that are typically food deserts or food apartheids, they're typically also, uh, Really missing healthcare in general. You know, we saw the closing of Good Sam, there's not really specialists or um, these types of medical institutions. And these th- things to me are seemingly incredibly connected. You, yeah. you don't even have access to that good nutrition that compounds the health issues. And now we don't have a place to go and get that healthcare if we even have access to insurance or anything of that sort right. in general. Right? right. So I don't know how to, you know, I, I think. Looking at these issues, and and I love when we looked at the market that that was part of the components, right? Mm-hmm. You talked about medical care right off the bat when you talked about the market,
1: right? Right, yeah, that that came about, you know, because of the closing of of uh, of Good Sam, you know, and and yeah, it's it's definitely uh, it's a web, right? And it's understanding like, like like what do we need in our community to thrive, right? Like like, like what do we need in our community so, so people can flourish, people have access to opportunity, access to resources, um, that we can live more into our, our full potential, you know what I mean, on, on a structural level, you know, because oftentimes like even like looking at social terms of health, which you know, like housing and access to healthcare, transportation and parks and jobs, all these things we really need to look at the structural determinants of health, like who's making the decisions that then show up as the uh, social determinants of health, right? Because then we're going deeper down the rabbit hole. We're going more upstream, right, to understand like how policy is being formed and created. What are some of the underlying assumptions and this, that, and the other, um, that is is ending up with, uh, you know, lack of healthcare or whatever, you know, it's deep, right? And I think there's part, a lot of this, comes down to like how we understand blackness and the definition of blackness and, and what black deserves, right? Because uh, even sometimes the quality of healthcare is different and, and, and t- different tests are done, right? Based upon, uh, you know, their perception of insurance and, and, and you know, like, like you know, African Americans are less likely to get some tests that, that are supposed to be done, you know what I mean? Um, and so like how all these things, you know, black women are less heard and believed when they say they have problems, but like Serena Williams, you know what I mean. So, so that tells us it's not even a money thing, right? It's it's deeper than that, right? Um, and so, to me, like part of reimagining blackness, right, is that like like racism as a whole is not my sickness, you know. Now, I, I've i i i I've lived here, so I, I've experienced some of the impacts of that, and I have to uh, unlearn, like everybody else, you know what I mean. I have to unlearn my own internalized oppression. And I also have to unlearn, you know, how I see others and this, that, and the other. You know, it's a process we all have to go through, right? Um, but when I say reimagining blackness, I think it's like, how do we see humanity as humanity as as a whole, right? Like our common humanity. You know what I mean? Like like in, in, in South Africa, there's a principle called Ubuntu. I am because you are. And I can't be all that I can be until you are all that you can be, and vice versa, right? And so uh, to me like, uh, reimagining blackness is, is reimagining how humanity sees e- sees each other. So, like, the thing that was used as uh, the vehicle to separate is now, I think, the bomb or the cure to help bring humanity together. As we reimagine what we mean to be human. You know what I mean? Like, in, in the fullest sense of the word. I know it sounds like heady and this, that, and the other. But it's real, because it's like, all these things, we're looking at gender, race, class, age, sexual orientation, all these things are like, these social constructs that we created and gave meaning to. And then we created scripts that say how we're supposed to interact and treat each other based upon that, right? So we have to unpack all of that because all of these are, are are things that are not natural. You know what I mean? And so and not real. You know what I mean? And if you want to get biblical, you know what I mean? There's no more Jew, Greek, and Gentile, but one inside of him, right? And so it's like uh uh in multiple ways, right? It's like how we how we realize. Um, that we truly are one people, and I think the virus has shown us this, right? Because look, you can try to isolate COVID and these and the other, but look, you know what I mean. Like until we see that, like this is a global situation, and we treat it that way, it's not going to result. I mean, we're sitting here wearing masks, you know, in a conversation because of that, right? Uh, I was I was thinking about some of the the
0: connections even to COVID when you were speaking earlier about kind of this like, you know, this thought of uh, of independence, mm-hmm. right? And how I think a lot of our reality today is based on this steadfast notion that people have of, of independence, right? Yeah. If we switch our COVID mentality from, I'm out here living my life, having a good old time, True. and and it's my, you know, my business, to, wow, we really need to affect the global population. How does that change our perception of COVID right. and the public health response to COVID tomorrow? Yeah. You know, we're looking at COVID from a i want my individual ability standpoint right now i think
1: true true and and that like my actions don't have repercussions to on 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 other people you know and and I, i think like that's where it's like you know like what can i do for the benefit of the all right and like how can i be uh a friend um of of humanity right like this is like a global Phenomenon, and I think we need to understand how things fractal up. Because I like, like even going to your question you said earlier, right? Like man, like all these big things. Like 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 if I look at everything, I I I, I would just be overwhelmed and retreat. Like like I'll I'll get froze. I mm-hmm. mean like you know I mean God, like I can't you know what I mean. But what can I do as an individual, right? And that's why I keep coming back to like what I can manifest myself, right? Like like the biggest thing I can do is is for me. It's to show that something else is possible, you know what I mean, And I'm not even talking about the grocery store. I mean, I great, you know what I mean, I love it, right? But like more, as a human being, how can I show that like love is possible, you know what I mean? how can I show that like, uh, there is a next type of fellowship, you know what I mean that 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 we can that we can be in amongst each other? because that just like opens us up to possibility, right? Um, and so like, understanding like the fractal nature, right? how like, you know, things fractal up, right? And so like like the small then creates the large, right? And so like what can I what can I what can me as a as a small little human being, little speck in this big thing, right? Like like how I can help be a spark, you know what I mean, to help something else uh, generate and flourish, right? So so I wanna shift a little bit
0: towards like kind of community organizing. And mm-hmm. I think when we look at the market, you know, some, somewhere down the line, somebody or some group of people had an idea and made something really fantastic out of that idea. You know, we work a lot with youth and with young people who are refining their leadership skills. And, and for those people who are entering a space, they, they identify that there's a problem. They've identified some sort of gap and they've decided we got to do something about mm. this. Mm. What are your recommendations for folks who are first entering that community organizing space?
1: yeah yeah you know like uh agent marie brown she says that like organizing is like science fiction right because like, like we're, we're creating this thing that isn't yet you know hmm. and so uh um to me for those that that uh A, I, I think youth need to know that like like i you know sometimes they say oh like they're future leaders No, they're leaders now right Like like you can lead where you're at Mm-hmm. You know, like I think I think it will be the most important lesson. and knowing that like leadership is is action. You know what I mean? You're taking action. You know, you can gather people together, understand the issue more, you know, talk to those that are most impacted. Right. Like like allow their experience, drive some of the processes of how you're putting things together or how you're joining organizations or connecting with people that are also doing this work. Right. Um, to me, one of the biggest principles in all this is participation. And because participation brings hope, it releases power and it's co-creating. Like I, I just think I'm just real big on co-creating, and I'm real big on uh, not having just one leader. They're like, oh, da, da, da. you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Can, like for all the reasons, I mean, they could die, they could whatever, they could move, you know what I mean? But still, it's like like you know, you want you want the ability to act to be dispersed amongst. The people, right? And so, like, 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 when when a young person sees an issue um, that either it's, it's directly impacting them, or or you know they've heard about something, you know, what I mean, I would suggest uh, learning more about it, talking to the people involved, knowing that that you can make a change and make a difference. You can bring people to a room that might not be in the room. Right. And for youth, I mean, I think like who, who doesn't want to support the leadership development in a youth? You know what I mean? So, yeah, step out there. You know what I mean? Like like even I tell my college students, it's like, yo, now's the time, man, it's like, like if you go into these rooms, like, like they will they will help support you. They'll provide a mentor network around you. You know what I mean? So use that time man, uh, to to develop your network, develop your relationships, uh, bring people together that might not come together. You know what I mean? To, to really like press the envelope and and move conversations forward. And I think for some people, the fear
0: becomes the fear of the no, right? Mm -hmm. Like someone's gonna say no to me, and and I'm assuming, and looking even at the market, there had to have been some no's along the way, right? So uh, how do you go from like, I gotta know, and someone said no to me, and I'm like, "Ah, well, that was a bummer, I put my all into it, and now I'm gonna be done to, all right, I gotta know, how do I adapt and move forward?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think it probably counts on like what the no is, you know, like some no's can be the pathway to a yes, right? Uh, You know, because some people say, you know, you can't have an authentic yes without an authentic no, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's like continue to refine and tweak the vision, continue to find and retweak the ask. And, you know, systems don't always want to change, right? So it's like uh, the key is being able to hold the space um, long enough because everything has to adapt. Like even we talking about like black and white marriage, you know, it was illegal at one point, but people did it. They held the space around it, and then the whole system had to had to bubble up and adapt, right? And so I think like you know not not being discouraged, right? And uh, and continue to find your people because best and believe you are not the only one that's having these ideas, right? And so like how do I find more people that are also like minded that we can continue to develop our thoughts, our process and uh i said participation but participation to me is uh within the process of something called praxis right p-r-a-x-i-s which is like how do i bring theory to re- into action right um so it's theory i try the theory and then i reflect which is like oh this worked this didn't work then tweaks my theory and then starts to the cycle all over again right so, like, how, how do we birth it, you know, birth our ideas, you know what I mean? And that, that's the power that we have as individuals and as groups, you know what I mean? Um, and so I, I, I think it's keep keep pressing, you know what I mean? Like, like we have plenty of those. I mean, we have people saying we're going to steal money. I mean, like, that y'all making this up, it's not possible. And keep in mind that for the market, areas that have been intentionally underdeveloped for that long, there is high promise and low follow through right so and that that's traumatizing you know what i mean so we had we had to fight through all of that you know what i mean but we just kept pressing you know what i mean and uh we believed change was possible we believed something else was possible and we just kept kept pressing and putting little pebbles here little pebbles there gathering more people that put their little pebble in and and it just kept growing and, and building uh momentum you know and so and also knowing that it's a marathon and not a sprint or like, you know, my, my elders will say ultra marathon, you know what I mean? And so it's like, 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 what are we doing now that can last, you know what I mean, for future generations? I like, like the pyramids. I mean, pyramids outlasting everybody, you know <laughs> what I mean? And then like, they built to last, right? And so like, 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 what are we doing now that the future generations, like even like in, in First Nation tradition, right? like you make decisions based upon seven generations so if my children's 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 children is not going to be impacted in a positive way i don't take the action today right and so i think when we look at interdependence we look at this mind shift it's like how are we acting now for those that we will never meet can can live in a world that uh that that embodies the, the aspirations of humanity you know yeah and and i
0: love that and i think that that can be so hard for us i mean when we look at like a grocery store I can see approaching that from like a I'm hungry today like yeah. I have the food need today uh, but looking like you said, all these generations forward or even looking again at the the sixty one degree December weather that we had today mm-hmm. and saying, you know, th- well, that's comfortable for me today, but what does it look like for for seven generations right um, i I think that's awesome and I think that the market has done a a wonderful job of saying we're this starting point and inspiring conversations and showing people this is possible. Mm. I mean, I I heard and I'm not even I wasn't even involved with the market, but I heard people all the time saying like that may not open, right? Like mm. it may not get there. Just, was that ever a was that ever a reality of yours or going into that conversation was it a I'm going to make sure that this that this happens?
1: Yeah, I mean I mean, it was always a possibility that, that, that it, 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 it I don't know a possibility that it wouldn't open, you know, but like, you know, it might take a lot longer, you know, like, uh, we, we probably open a little bit ahead of the curve as far as, you know, like some stores take 10 years to open or something wow. like that, you know, so, um, so I, I think we knew it would happen. But it was just a matter of time, and and uh, that part, like you know, we 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 didn't know. And you know, it it really it was a testament to uh, to how the Miami Valley responds. Like if you look at the tornado, if you look at the the, the tragic shooting, uh, you know, like like there's something about this area, you know, that we rise to the occasion, you know, because at that time we were second in nation for food insecurity, right? And so, all these things kind of come together. Uh, and, and the community responded and, 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 uh, you know, like, uh, you know, I know it's different than what you're talking about, but like sometimes like, you know, you see me or Leela or Leah and different people in the front, but like, like, man, there's so many people. There's the Karens, right? There's like Chef Thomas's and like multiple people in the background that like have been like helping and building Annie, you know, like, like Kenya, you know, it's like that behind the scenes have been helping make this happen, right? And so I I really want to make sure I acknowledge that, you know what I mean, this process. And so I just took the gap when I saw it. (laughs) But but, uh, um,
0: it was a hard journey, but I I think also, I I think it's so important you kind of acknowledge prior to to even talking about this, like you're not looking for that quick fix. Mm -hmm. It wasn't let's open a market tomorrow that maybe lasts 10 years, but let's look at this long-term vision of kind of how do we reinvent this, this area. So I think you, I think that was exactly perfect. Mm, Cool. (laughs) So for folks who are interested in, I guess, learning more about the market or becoming a member, um, how would they go about doing that?
1: Sure. Um, you can go to our website, uh, gemcitymarket.com. Um, uh, you can come by the store. I want to say it's like three, 324 Salem Avenue, uh, right at the beginning of Salem on the left-hand side. Uh, yeah, share your thoughts, share your ideas, right? Like, Because we, we continue to co-create together. Um, it's really important to shop there. You know, like like they say that like when you build it, they will come, you know what I mean? And so some people have like high-fived and been like, yes, we did this thing. But, like, no, it's it's important that we shop there, right? You know, that, like, let us know if there's things that, that are not there that you want to see, you know, because we're co-creating it together and we're figuring out our product mix, you know. But, like, shopping is uh, one of the the biggest things that that we can do, right, to ensure success, ensure that, you know, we're developing programming for youth. We got these little youth carts in there a couple of days ago, you know. Uh, so... Um, or, you know, you can reach out to me, uh, internationalmorality at gmail.com. Um, Leah Behan Harris, who is our extraordinary general manager. I cannot remember her contact information right now, um, but it's on the website. Um, and, you know, we we welcome everybody to be engaged and involved and like, just add your piece to this puzzle. Because like, we're not used to that. You know what I mean? Like, I know I've said it a thousand times in this interview, but it's like, yeah, like, Add, add your piece, add your brick, right? To to this could, it could be an idea. It can be volunteering. You know, it can be shopping there. You know, there's multiple ways. You know, that we can be engaged and involved. But it, it's it's a way to bring the community together in a process of of like living into our shared future. You know, because we, we need gro- we, we need more than one grocery store, right? And we need it in different in different areas. You know, east and west. You know, and um and like this is just uh. The process, so to me, it's part of like how we can bring community together um, uh, and, and using the market as a vehicle or a means or a platform, right, to give us that experience. And so real fast here, um,
0: kind of at the end of this, I know all the way at the beginning of the podcast, you mentioned that this is a third space for the community. It's another place for the community to come together and are, that's very different than our grocery experience typically right like sure. we're used to i try to get in and out of the grocery store as quickly <laughs> uh, as i possibly hey. can right <laughs> uh, but you just mentioned these kid carts and i'm curious you know for someone who's going to the market mm-hmm. uh what types of other services might they expect to see in a given week or in a given month
1: yeah thank you for that question right uh we have a teaching kitchen right and so uh there's various type of classes if you want to learn how to make something uh, you want to learn how to make something healthier right we got different chefs from you know different cultures that are sharing their traditions and if someone wants to share their their recipe or something with the with the community you know I mean, that's a great space uh, we have a health clinic um on tuesdays i want to say we have moms at the market we're, we're providing uh support for for new and expecting mothers we have could we, we developed a doula co-op as well um and so the doula co-op uh is helping out with that um you know you can get Different type of testing at the at the market. Some basic services. Um, then we have the community room where you know you can host a meeting or uh, or a gathering. We have yoga classes in there. We're gonna have hmm. a drumming circle there pretty soon, right? And so really, it's like like all possibilities open. It's just kind of like what we want to do, we can do. Um, and yeah, I think I think that's it. Plus, uh, you know, just having a having a great experience, right? It, it's different walking in there. It's not like a Kroger and even Dorothy Lane, but you know the amazing grocery store, right? But it's, it's the next kind of feel like like real, you can feel community inside of it. So my last question, of course,
0: it, we addressed the, the elephant of the room of COVID, right? Uh, have you seen the role of the market change as you approach the pandemic?
1: Um, you know, like Kroger's became Kroger's uh, because they went to this different model um, and like the old model came obsolete. I, I, I don't even know the names of the, the, the stores that like the supermarket became a supermarket, became the thing, right? Um, if we would have been open before COVID, I think it would have hurt us because we wouldn't have been able to adapt. And like, so we were at a cusp, like we were like, we were like in the phase when it happened. And so we were able to make some adjustments, which I think like helped us like move into what we're, what, what, what is society is calling for in this hour beyond beyond covid but COVID kind of ushering in these transformations and changes um uh and it's affected our our supply chain tremendously right like even like something breaks down like like can't get apart you know uh uh getting getting access to the food supply dramatically reduced by by covid right there's this like this huge block you know what i mean that like like everybody's experiencing and inflation right like right now like prices are higher you know what i mean because of uh uh you know going from a shutdown to like a reopening quickly right and like like that gap right and that like like the momentum it takes to do that is bringing inflation you know temporarily hopefully but but yeah and and at the
0: beginning of covid or or perhaps still was there were there vaccines being offered in your clinics at
1: at the market um i want we do at the mar- – we do in the clinic now – well, actually in the community room because it, the clinic, you know, isn't really big enough to, to be able to do them like that in, in a major way. Uh, and we had a – we had – I'm not sure if it was Premier or I can remember what it was, but, like, there was a bus that came outside, parked outside and did um, uh, uh, vaccines, you know, early, early on. You know what I mean? And they still do. I, I saw uh, – I want to say Equitas was in there a couple of days mm-hmm. ago doing something, you know. And so um, – so yeah, it's, it's definitely available. And if you're a healthcare practitioner, you know, if you want to do uh, massages or you know acupuncture, different things. You know, we got we got like two. We got the uh, the the clinic has two office rooms, or you know, like I don't know what you call them beds and rooms inside. You know, and so um, if people want to give give their gifts to community that way, they can as well. Great uh well i really appreciate you sitting
0: down with us today is there anything else that you would like to share uh i thank
1: you blake for for having me i know i'm super random so i know you're like man how the hell can we carry to go you know <laughs> what i mean but uh i uh, appreciate your patience and i appreciate your time and, and you, you ask great questions and i just want to thank again the community for uh all the amazing work you know the hope center i mean like there's this is amazing work happening all over the place and it's really inspiring you know what i mean because uh, like Peter uh, uh, Beckendorf often quotes, you know, it's like instead of focusing on tearing down or, you know, transforming the current structures, how, let's build an alternative so appealing that it makes the old obsolete. You know what I mean? And that's why I keep looking at communities possible, that light is possible, all these things, right? They're like how we can be what we can be together. And then in that process, you know what I mean, everything else transforms and changes, right? And so um, I'm just thankful for everybody allowing me to be in community with them. And I look forward to continuing the journey. Well, great talking with you, as
0: always. Uh, I appreciate it.